Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hey, can I give a personal thanks to everybody that's been praying? I, I've been quite overwhelmed at the people that have, uh, people just coming up and saying, I've been praying for you, I've been praying for you, I've been praying for you. You don't know, I, I have inadequate words to express how much it means to me, um, your prayers. I've had a crazy, glorious few weeks. We had the APS and then I was off to Dallas uh, for four days um, with the American Council of Prophetic Elders and God did some wonderful, wonderful things there and um, had the opportunity to be uh, prophesying and um, hearing the word of the Lord too through such significant voices uh, in the US and being a part of that is just a tremendous privilege and a great delight to also hear that the same words that we're hearing in Australia, God is reiterating in America and around the world and then with the global prophetic consultation with prophets from around the world, prophesying together and um, making decrees from heaven. And uh, it was a glorious time. And I went straight from there to Melbourne. And it was such a joy to be with uh, other leaders. And the unity was a a beautiful, beautiful thing. And the love of God shed abroad in the hearts of the people was just just such a delight. It was a delight. Hallelujah. And, um, And then we found out while, so I flew in on Friday morning. We found out on Saturday uh, that Tom and I and Pastor Daniel would have to fly to um, Vietnam on Sunday night. So 1 a.m. Sunday night, we flew out to Hanoi for a prayer meeting on Monday night um, with the leaders, which was amazing. Just the fire of God came. It was glorious. Hallelujah. Again, a unified ecumenical group of leaders from all different denominations together. And um, I, w- we were, I was just had the Lord put a prophetic word in my mouth that was so well received and the fire of God came. It was, it was glorious. And, um, and God just really brought some wonderful breakthroughs while we were there. And then uh, got home on Wednesday and I, I have slept well, I have been well. I've been, you know, the Lord sustained us and, um, and I just wanna say thank you there's been significant warfare and yet I've been absolutely protected and uh, I just wanna say thank you very sincerely to every one of you who said a prayer, let alone those that have been praying every single day and I just honor you and I I wanna say that the breakthroughs that we are seeing are your breakthroughs too, hallelujah. And um, nothing nothing is done or won without the agreement on earth through the prayers of his people, hallelujah. So I'm just, I'm deeply touched by your prayers. Please don't stop. Uh, Next Friday, I am, Emily and I go to Korea, uh, where we'll be training leaders for a week and prophesying and and training, hallelujah. Um, It's about four meetings a day, solidly a week, fly from there straight to Hanoi where we're going to be doing our Christmas festivals. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And then we'll be home. So uh, for those of you who are praying, I would greatly appreciate if you could just keep it up (laughs) a little longer. That would really, really be a blessing. Are you happy? 
I tell you, you've got lots to be happy about and lots to rejoice about. Did anyone see um, the program on Sunday that was aired on Daystar? Some of you. But uh, Ash got up and shared his testimony. And I was so blessed just to sit and hear it again and realize this is going into 200 countries around the world, a testimony of how he came to Christ. And so I wanted to take the opportunity tonight just to share a few short testimonies. Uh, I'm putting people on the spot. But, you know, just the opportunity for people to speak from their heart and say in 60 seconds or so something that the Lord has done this week. Because our relationship with God is not a technical thing. It is a real living relationship where God talks to us, where he encourages us, where he walks with us. He empowers us to see miracles. He, he is the one who is with us 24-7, who understands us and loves us. Amen. So if I could just grab a microphone, I'm going to ask a couple of people. Pastor Joel, I know you've always got a testimony. Come on up. Give him a hand as he comes. I want you just to take 60 seconds, 90 seconds. Tell us something that Jesus has done this week. All right. I just actually posted uh, something on Facebook about uh, a couple hours ago. And uh, it really touched my heart. Um, my little daughter, who's four years old, Eliana, came up to me this morning and said, uh, Daddy, you want to you wanna make the whole world happy, don't you? I said, that's a, kind of a strange thing to say. Um, so I, I, I kind of probed and I said, well, what do you mean I want to make the whole world happy? And she says, you know... You do the same things when you're in Australia than when you're on holidays. Now, we've been traveling quite a lot doing mission, uh, missions and, and uh, uh, ministry. And so in that, um, you know, in that she, she obviously has observed that we're doing the same thing. I was, what do, you, what do you mean? What am I doing the same that's on uh, holidays versus what's in Australia? And she says, at the end of it, she says, House of Peace Search, which is one of our outreaches. So it kind of clicked for me in that moment that she was meaning that, uh, that we were, the, the fact that we actually stopped for people in airports and different places like that. And I walked to the next room and I was holding back tears. I was so overwhelmed by, uh, by the love of the Father that here is a four-year-old uh, my four-year-old daughter is so impacted by the life that we're living, and somehow she got the picture that this could actually change the world, that Jesus is the one who brings true joy. And, you know, just a week before that, we were out in Melbourne, and I was um, sharing with this older guy, and he had a problem with his ear. I got to pray for him. He wasn't quite sure what was going on. I prayed for him. He got radically healed. The, f the look on his face was just amazing. And uh, I started sharing the three circles, which is the gospel tool with him. And my daughter comes and jumps in my arms, and she continues right where I left off. So here is my four-year-old that is growing up with a normal Christian life. Oh, come on. That's awesome. Hallelujah. Yes, where are you? Come on up, darling. Hey. Come and tell us something good that Jesus has done this week. Uh, yeah, so for some time, uh, there's been this moment where I've been looking at people and in a conversation with someone I know, and then I start to look in their eyes and get really overwhelmed and almost crying, <laughs> loving them. And it's just been happening more frequently and more frequently the last couple of months. And then Catherine was sharing a few weeks ago about 
the, the power of just looking at somebody in the eyes and loving them and the way that can just totally shake somebody because they've never seen love like that in someone's eyes. And yeah, it's like, oh, that's the thing that I've been experiencing. So um, yeah, like even my, my roommate came back from awakening and was sharing that she was experiencing this thing where she was looking at waitresses and almost crying. And, <laughs> and it was so exciting seeing that, um, yeah, people are experiencing that same thing. And I work in a cafe where I, I encounter a lot of people every day and I'm trying to just practice what it looks like to stop and be present with somebody and, and to, to just love them like that. So like today, I was working with uh, a good friend of mine who goes to church and beautiful worship leader. And I was asking the Lord questions like, okay, what can I, what can I say to unlock her heart and, and to, to have our hearts knitted together today? And, and then I went to a table where there was a group of Indian women and I love Asia. <laughs> so my heart was really stirred for them. And I was, I know, I just felt the Lord tell me just look at them and love them. And so I was just looking in their eyes as I was serving them and, and I was almost in tears. <laughs> and just a two-minute conversation led to, um, by the time they came to leave, they looked for me and we, and we got talking again and we were hugging and crying before they left the cafe. And so, yeah, what, yeah my testimony basically is I've just been falling in love with people and experience, uh, experiencing his heart for them. And it's been so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Hallelujah. Now Jesus, you know, I talk about when Jesus looked at the rich young ruler, he looked at him and he loved him. That's just one of my favorite verses because we have the capacity to be able to do that just with a look. We have the capacity to be able to express the love of Jesus. When you're drinking deeply from his love for you, then you have the capacity to let that love flow through you. And it's a supernatural power, hallelujah. So good. Well, Maggie, come on up and tell us something good. <laughs> Give her a hand as she comes. Um, so I've been at school teaching for the last few weeks, and it's, it's been a bit of a challenging school. And I was there about six weeks ago and just crying out to the Lord and for the school and my heart was breaking for the, for the kids and um, one girl in particular in my class, um, I just had a supernatural kind of connection with her and it was, we were able to have this insanely deep conversation in just a moment, like I looked her in the eyes, there was no one, all the kids were walking out of the room and no one else was paying attention, I just looked her in the eyes and I was able to say, how valuable she was and how beautiful she was in the eyes of the Lord. And this is in a secular environment, so I was very, you know, careful with the way I, I worded it. Anyway, this just recently, I was there again, like this week, and she came up to me to tell me that she's decided to become a school leader, which is radical. I mean, this girl was like not looking that way at all. And so she's, and, but there's been such a genuine in the last six months since the last time I was there, it's been such a radical turnaround in her. And I just was so grateful to the Lord for that moment of just connection with her and being able to speak life into her and, and to tell her how valuable she was, not only to, to me, but to God and, and to genuinely say I loved her and mean it. Um, it was awesome. So good, so good. Who am I going to pick on next? Maybe Terry and Sonia. 
one of you. You can pick either one or both of you. Come on. <laughs> She's made you come up, hey? <laughs> you know when you're going to get picked, don't you? Because the Lord speaks to you. So the Lord, the Lord was speaking to me today about, about faith. And uh, we all know this, but faith, faith is not, if, if you can see it, it's not faith. Faith is unseen. And so the Lord was talking to me today about trusting God with the unseen. In other words, bringing all your heart's desires, all the things that you're believing for that you haven't seen and bringing them before the Lord and saying, Lord, I trust you with the things that I cannot see. So the, my encouragement to you is that all those things that you are believing for, if it's seen, it's not faith. It's those unseen things of the, the hidden man of the heart, the things that are on the inside that you're believing, you're trusting God. And you're saying, God, I trust you for those things that I cannot see. I trust you for those finances. That, how is this going to happen? How, is, how am I ever going to do this? Or, or how is this ever going to happen in my life? But I trust you, Father with those unseen things. And when I do that, I'm in faith. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, I might just do one more. Anya, why don't, you, why don't you and mommy come up? You can come up together. Has the Lord been saying anything to you this week? Done anything with you this week? Give her a hand. They're being very brave. They look beautiful tonight. <laughs> this is Abby and Anya. Um, when I was on the streets once, I, yeah, with Nathaniel, I shared the gospel with a Muslim guy and he became a Christian and came to church now. So he brings his sister and his mum to church now. Wow, that's amazing. Come on, tell me how this happened. Yeah, so we were out on the streets. Um, Nathaniel just wanted to get some people doing three circles. Um, and I made a joke. I said, oh, we should have got Anya out here. And he said, oh, would she do it? And I'm like, yeah, she does it all the time. He's like, yeah, if you bring her, I'd love to. So I went and picked Anya up from school and she saw two Muslims that day and another guy get saved. Um, yeah, and they, one, the girl we're still in contact with, she's not been allowed to come to church yet. And the boy is coming to church and brings his family. That's awesome. Yeah. Hallelujah. So good, so good. Thanks, guys. Well, you know, I really believe that the Holy Spirit wants to be so involved in our everyday life. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. You know, I, I know that the Father's heart is that we would be known, though, by our love. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is wanting to bring a shift in the body of Christ. Now, back in the 1970s, there was a move of God that people called the Jesus People Movement. In fact, they had Jesus on the cover of Time magazine. Yeah. 
because the influence that Jesus was having was undeniable as young people all over the world were just spontaneously starting to cry out to, to Jesus, were reaching out to each other, hitchhikers would get picked up and then by the time they got to their destination had given their lives to Christ because people were overflowing with the good news of the gospel. There were spontaneous baptisms happening on the beaches. That hippies were coming in en masse into churches and churches didn't know what to do with them because God was sovereignly moving. During the time of the sexual revolution and, and uh, drugs, there was, people began to cry out. We've got a whole lot of young people on schoolies this week, having graduated, and we have teams out there as part of the YFC outreach, Schoolies for Jesus, because as Mark said the other day, after about two days of freedom, they begin to realize what is this? My life's empty. And they're ready to hear the good news of the gospel. But you know, I really believe that the Holy Spirit has been shaking the church of God to wake up and realize and get ready for another mass influx of souls. Hallelujah. And that there is, there is coming more than we know what to do with. And God is wanting to mobilize us to really become family so that these new believers don't come into an orphanage with the idea that, okay, you have a couple of paid pastors who do the job of trying to look after the new babies, but instead that they come in and they encounter the body of Christ, which is a true family known by their love for each other. I wanna to read to you a scripture today from Romans chapter 15. I'll read it out of the Passion Translation. Romans 15, verse one. Hallelujah. I enjoy the Passion Translation, but I, I like reading from lots of different translations. I think it's really good for us to recognize and remember that we read a English version of another language, Greek, Aramaic, Hebrew. And, um, but I, I'm enjoying this translation. I'm gonna actually read from verse seven. Oh, verse five. Now may God, the source of great endurance and comfort, grace you with unity among yourselves, which flows from your relationship with Jesus, the anointed one. Then with a unanimous rush of passion, you will with one voice glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will bring God glory when you accept and welcome one another as partners just as the anointed one has fully accepted and received you as his partner. Yeah. You know, I really believe that we will be known by our love, the love that we have for each other, the unity that God wants us to have for one another, that he wants us to love each other as he loves us. Now his love for us is something glorious. When God interacts with us, he is love personified. We know what love looks like. Love is defined for us as patient, 
kind, long-suffering, keeping no record of wrongs, rejoicing with the truth. This is who God is. God is love, and that's what love looks like. So every time we come to him, we can approach him in faith. We don't have to be feeling like, well, I don't feel connected. By faith, we can approach this one having absolute confidence that he is who he says he is, that he is love personified, that he has forgiven our sin, hallelujah, that there's nothing that can separate us from him. If we'll come to him in faith, believing in Jesus as our savior, we are in union with him and we are able to worship him. We're able to stand in his presence unashamed, knowing that we've been able to exchange our sin for the free gift of righteousness, hallelujah. And standing in that place, we experience his great love. The Bible tells us that in his presence is fullness of joy, hallelujah. He is perfect love, perfect love casts out all fear. So when we're with him, we're not afraid, we're not insecure, we're not second guessing, we're not, we're not afraid that he's gonna somehow get cranky with us or annoyed with us, he's already forgiven us and he's looking forward to you every time you come. He is looking forward to loving you, to make his face shine on you, to lift up his countenance upon you, to give you peace. This is the desire of God and the attitude of God toward everyone who comes to him. Hallelujah, as you approach him in faith. It's the great good news of the gospel. Now he says, with that same love that I have for you, and that the Father has for me, love one another. And that he says that the world will know that you're my disciples if you love one another like this. Most of us would say, yes, that's awesome, yes, I agree, yes. But when you start to examine what that really looks like on a day-to-day -day basis, it gets quite interesting. You know, I am, um, shared at Awakening that I was, I've been having the Lord just speak to me about this Jesus People movement from the 70s. It was prophesied uh, quite some time ago that we were going to see a new move of God that would be similar, but I believe is going to far surpass what was seen in the 1970s. Many of the great leaders of today were actually converted during that season, and I believe we are in for another amazing, glorious, great move of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Amen. But one of the songs that was sung during that time was an, a, a hymn that was written in the 1960s. And the, the words were very simple. We will walk in the Spirit, we will walk hand in hand. We will walk in the Spirit, we will walk hand in hand. And together we'll spread the news that God is in our land. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. There's a song they'd sing over and over again. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. The words just really struck me. We will walk in the spirit. We will walk hand in hand. We will walk in the spirit. We will walk hand in hand. 
And together we'll spread the news that God is in our land. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. Then goes on to say, we will walk, work with each other. We will work side by side. We will work with each other. We will work side by side. And we'll guard each other's dignity and pet and save each other's pride and they'll know we are christians by our love you know the thought that this was an anthem going through that whole move of god makes sense you see where there is unity god commands a blessing We've seen it begin in our nation and in the nations around the earth, more and more we are seeing people put aside doctrinal differences to start to love one another, to start to gather under the one essential thing, which is Christ and him crucified, that no man comes to the Father but by him, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. One way, Jesus, hallelujah. And as people start to grab a hold of this truth, God is wanting us to really practically grab a hold of what it looks like to be known by our love for each other. We can say it, but it's very interesting when we actually start to get challenged with what it looks like. You know, we've been talking a lot about being fun to be with recently. God is fun to be with. He's delightful company. He's somebody you want to be with because when you come to him in faith, he is full of love, absolutely wonderful, the most wonderful company that there is. He, in his light, we see light. We feel refreshed. We are strengthened. We are loved. His perfect love casts out fear. He is our ever-present help in time of need, and he asks us to give what he gives us. Hallelujah. That is to be like him. So we've talked about it with our, in our relationships, with our spouses, with our friends, with our co-workers, what it looks like to be like God in the way that we interact. But you know, sadly, it's so easy to slip back into being conformed to the pattern of the world, particularly when it means coming across somebody that you don't really like that you have a few issues with, that you don't fully approve of or completely trust. I've watched Christians behave in a way that really isn't a manifestation of love, where they can sometimes, you know, they, they wouldn't outwardly just go and punch them in the face, so they'll uh, be passive aggressive and just make some sarcastic comment or give them the cold shoulder or you know, turn the, turn the other way. Thinking that perhaps if they become aware of your disapproval, they might change their ways. However, unfortunately, it's not a tremendously effective means of changing anybody. Because when someone gives you the cold shoulder or starts throwing sarcastic jabs, the natural reaction is to either defend yourself by avoiding them or to give it back. And that's not what the Lord is looking for in a body that's supposed to be known by their love for each other. But I see it happen. In fact, um, 
Even just recently, I was in a situation where um, there was a, a leader that I, I didn't know very well, I knew of, seemed like a really lovely person, but had obviously heard some things about me that they didn't approve of or something. I don't actually know what it was, but every time I'd come close to talk to someone near them, they'd give me like the frozen look and, and avoid even looking at me or talking to me. And I, it happened over and over again to the point I felt like, what have I done? Why don't they like me? They should like me. Why don't they like me? I feel like going up to them and saying, what's your problem? Why don't you like me? You should like me. Actually, you know what? Aggressive is just as bad as passive aggressive. Not a good plan, hallelujah. So I didn't do that, hallelujah. But it was bothering me, and so I, I started to avoid them too. We'll talk to somebody else. And we're supposed to be the Christians who are known by our love for each other. You see, the scriptures tell us exactly how to deal with people. If you wanna know the answer of how to live, it's all in the book. In fact, it says, if you've got a problem with somebody, another Christian, go to the person and talk to them. Yeah. How many times, though, do believers not go to the person, but go to somebody else to talk about the person? Yeah. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. There are people who have television programs and websites to talk about people that they've never talked to that they want to tell you how bad they are. Yeah, yeah. There are whole ministries set up to pull down other members of the body of Christ that they've never actually had a face-to-face -face conversation with. There are good Christians who think they're good Christians who habitually deal with people that they have an issue with in a roundabout way where they build a team against them, somehow subtly, psychologically thinking that if they one day get the impression that we all don't like them, maybe they'll change. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. Sadly, a lot of people have the idea that Christians are actually bigoted, annoying, judgmental, critical, nasty people. Lord, have mercy on us. But I believe the Holy Spirit is doing a work in our hearts, just as you heard some of the testimonies tonight, where he's wanting to change our hearts and our heart attitudes. It's not comfortable to confront somebody. And in fact, we've got to be very careful that we don't become so in love with our opinions that we enjoy speaking the truth. But in fact, we should be loving to speak the truth in love, not just loving to speak the truth. But it, it's, it's not comfortable to actually have to have a conversation with somebody that you have a problem with but far better that you do than, in, than adopt an attitude that would show other people that this isn't what was intended by the Father. 
We have a responsibility to foster in every relationship within the body of Christ an attitude of love where we will do our best to listen to the word of God and to follow the processes. So if someone comes to you and says, oh, I don't like this person, oh, I don't like what they just did, they did this, they did that, they shouldn't do that, I think they've got a bad motive, I think this, I think that, your attitude should be, have you spoken to that person? Because if you haven't spoken to them, I can't fix it, I can't change it. The Bible says if you've got an issue with them, go and talk to them first. If you get no response, then take another believer with you and talk to them again. Sometimes you can't win people over. I've tried. Occasionally. But more often than not, we build walls and little groups because we've failed to humble ourselves, bite the bullet, and have the conversations that are aimed at genuinely fostering love and understanding. I'm loving you because I want the world to know you by your love. Yeah. I, myself, I've, I've, I've seen it. So in this situation, um, just recently, I started to pray. I said, I prayed in the morning, God, I'm tired of this. Uh, Lord, I pray that you solve this situation and that, that you bring love and you bring unity here. Lord, help. I don't know what the problem is, but I pray that you will help. I was so touched that day. I was um, talking to another leader and uh, he just began to pray for me about some of the upcoming missions things that we're doing. And his prayer really touched my heart, the compassion of Christ. And I just teared up a little bit because of some of the pressure that I was feeling. And I was just so touched by the, the love that he showed me. And this other leader must have seen it. So I went to the bathroom to um, just go and make sure my mascara was all right. And in the bathroom, this lady comes up to me she says, are you okay? I said, oh, I'm fine. I just was really touched by what they had to pray. I've been under a bit of pressure with this. And she said, can I pray for you? She put her arms around me, began to pray for me, began to just speak words of life. And suddenly we saw each other's hearts. And I, I was so moved because I thought, wow, God, we could have walked away and had a continual cold war. But instead, because someone approached, and she was the one that did the approaching, everything melted and love was restored. You know, I believe that it's a lesson for every one of us, that we need to make every effort to begin to understand one another's hearts, to talk to each other. Have you got anyone in your life that you feel like you might be in a cold war with? that perhaps your exchanges are less than warm and fuzzy, that your exchanges perhaps consist of darts, sarcastic jabs, or ice-cold body language. God wants us to be known by our love for each other. 
And the reality is you do no one any favors. You don't change the person you're trying to show your disapproval to, and you don't change the circumstances that you're experiencing because of the behavior you don't, you don't like. Real change only happens when somebody humbles themselves, steps out, and shows love. Real change only happens when you begin to have open-hearted dialogue, where you share with each other, where you talk to each other. The heart of the Father is that you would know and experience the love of God in your own life first, and that then you would give it to other people. Freely you've received. What have you received? And the love of Christ is so rich, it's so beautiful. When God deals with us, he's so kind. He's so patient, hallelujah. When he looks at us, he loves us. He makes his face shine on us. That's because his face is so full of love and joy for us that when we look at him, his eyes are shining with delight. It's this place that gives us the strength to love our enemies to love those and bless those who despitefully use us. I used to struggle so much with that verse, bless those who curse you. I'm like, God, I, I want them to be blessed with deep heart conviction. I want them to be blessed, God, with serious pain in the night in their hearts until they repent and they recognize what I'm going Because God, it makes sense that they should really feel their pain so they repent so they don't hurt anybody else. I don't want to pray blessing because they might think that what they're doing is right. God, come on, I, I bless them to repent. <laughs> That's how I would feel. However, God's ways are better than our ways. Anybody else ever yeah. felt like that? God, I don't want to bless them. I feel like it would be detrimental for them to be blessed. However, our judgment of other people does not bring them to repentance. Our judgment of other people brings them to put up another big wall and for the reactions, the disconnection to continue. Happily, when we come to God, he doesn't treat us like that. When we come to him, He's not there saying, I am going to show you by my body language, by my lack of communication, that I am not happy with you. That's what we think he's like sometimes, but it's absolutely a lie. God doesn't give us the cold shoulder to try and change us. God doesn't throw sarcastic jabs to change us. All of our techniques that we use in human thinking, trying to change people, just are not the ways of God. In fact, his ways are completely opposite to human ways. He comes and it's the goodness and kindness of God that leads us to repentance. He says, bless those that curse you because he knows that the gentleness, the kindness of God, the turning of the other cheek, the giving of your cloak as well as the tunic is, is an attitude that he knows has power. You see, love has the power to break open the hardest heart. Yeah. 
And they'll know we are Christians by our love. I've seen it happen over and over again. People who've thought Christians, they must be religious critics. So if I go into a church, you know, they'll all be judgmental of me. And they've walked in and experienced a culture where people just love them, where they lavish love on them until their hearts just go, oh, I've never experienced anything like this. I wanna know your God. And in coming to know him, all the things that they were doing drop off because they lose interest, they lose power in comparison to the one who gives them a living fountain, a living drink that satisfies them like nothing else has. Hallelujah. If that is God's way of dealing with us, then we need to be vigilant to let it be our way of dealing with other people. You know, in our day-to-day interactions, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would challenge you to think about what it looks like to be love. To think, in in the difficult situations, what does it look like to be like God today? We can have it as a slogan, what would Jesus do? But when you think about it practically in the interactions, particularly the difficult ones, what does it look like to love like he loves us? In fact, do you really know how he loves you? If you don't, you know, the Father says that he wants you to experience it. He wants you to know it. Paul prays for all the saints in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, that you would know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. That by faith, you would know Christ dwelling in your heart and that you'd be rooted and grounded in the love of God. That you'd be filled up to overflowing. That you'd know the height and the depth and the width and the breadth, the love of Christ that passes knowledge because the heart of God is for you to grow continuously in the revelation of who he is, and he is love. He is love beyond what we can cope with, beyond what we can humanly fathom or understand, and so he wants to give you supernatural power to strengthen you. I prayed for three months solid, God, give me a revelation of your love. I prayed this scripture. Over and over again, I wanna know the height and the depth and the width and the breadth. I wanna know Christ dwelling in my heart through faith. I want to come into agreement with you that it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I thank you, God, I can't achieve it, but by faith I receive your life, hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that you want me to live in the ocean of your love that is so high, so wide, so deep that I can't ever find the end of it that I live suspended continuously in the ocean of your great love for me, that I might be known by my love, by your love, when I minister and and interact with other people. The greatest compliment I think anyone could ever give is that you're the same no matter what the circumstance, that you're kind, in all situations, that you are love, not just on the platform, or not just when you're performing your leadership duty, or not just when you're 
in the mode, but in your everyday interaction with your customers, in your everyday interactions with your, with your spouse, with your children, and with the people that rub you up the wrong way, you are manifesting love that doesn't react out of human culture, but out of supernatural kingdom culture that manifests Christ's great love. Hallelujah. Can you think of any situations where perhaps you may have engaged in a little bit of cold warfare? Where you've treated people with the cold shoulder technique or the stinging jab technique, trying subtly to get them to know that you don't approve or you don't like them or you don't trust them. I'd like to challenge you that if there's any cold wars going on in your life, that you would turn around and go, thank you, Father, for letting me see this is not the way of love. You might be angry with them or frustrated with them or judging them because you feel like what they're doing isn't completely right without realizing that what you're doing in responding to them not doing what is completely right is also not completely right. That when you're responding to their sin, you're actually sinning yourself. Nobody wins. But if instead that you begin to say, okay, Lord, how do you like to deal with this? Your way is to go to the person, to speak the truth in love, to be gentle, to, be, to have heart-to-heart -heart open conversations, desiring above all things that we would walk in unity. Hallelujah. Doing, making every effort to live at peace with one another, to believe the best of one another, hallelujah, and to seek to find unity and reconciliation, hallelujah. Because if we can't do it as a body, how are we going to fully manifest the ministry of reconciliation that God wants us to have with the world? He's made you ministers of reconciliation. But first, do good, especially to the household of faith, because the world is watching to see what Jesus looks like. You are his body. But if you're biting and devouring one another, you're making a, an environment that people just don't want to come into. But if instead, you're known by your love. In the first century, those that weren't, of, weren't part of the Christian community they would say of the believers, see how they love each other. See how they love each other. I want to see a body of Christ known by see how they love each other. That people would want to be a part of this move of God because they recognize there is something supernatural here. They don't behave like mere humans. They behave like Jesus. They are true lovers of God and lovers of one another. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. 
you can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.